Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Saab and Hoozy. I'm Saab Rappadrable. This is my co-host, Hoozy. What's up, Hoozy? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing great today. I can't wait to get into today's subject. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Hoozy. A couple programming reminders before we start. Um, if you didn't listen to uh, Sunday's episode recapping the NFL Championship Weekend, Conference Championship Weekend, please go ahead and listen to that. It's on Spotify. It's on iHeartRadio. Um, please give a listen, give a five-star review, and uh, also refer to your friends. Today's episode is a special one because we have a very, very special guest. Um, it is my very good friend, Adam Hawkins. He is the president of the Chicago Bears fan club. <laughs> my heart is. So please welcome Adam to the podcast. Oh, wow. President of the Chicago Bears, I'll take it. I'll take it. By the way, I, I think I actually left and came back, so I'm happy everything's we're still good, right? I'm connected. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Awesome. I mean, listen, it's been tough times for us these days, but you know, we're coming back. <laughs> Things are looking good. <laughs> well, no, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So my name's Adam Miles Hawkins. I'm uh, just give a brief background on me, who I am. So I've been watching. First of all, we'll start with the football. I've been watching football since I was seven years old. You know, the first Super Bowl, the first season I followed was Brady's first season starting, so that's 2001. Uh, actually, that year the Bears made the playoffs, and they lost to the Eagles, but I remember watching the Super Bowl vividly, seeing Brady driving down against the Rams, right? Like, that that was my very first football memory where it all clicked. So, been watching football for a long time. That's one, but more personally. So, uh, four years in the military after high school, I served in the Army. So, I've got my milita- some military experience, um, and then I went to college at St. Louis University, studied accounting and finance. So I'm kind of a numbers guy with uh, some experience in public accounting, investment banking, and now I'm kind of back in the public accounting world. So that's the professional side of things. And then, you know, as Saab knows, he's a good friend of mine. I'm a bodybuilder. I'm big into fitness, big into mindset. And I guess you could even say I, I've dipped my, my hand in skill sets into videography. I, I love video. I love, you know, post my workouts and, and having fun in that space too. So happy to be on here. Appreciate you guys a lot. Adam, while, while you're on that subject, you want to go ahead and give the people a plug as far as, you know, your Instagram account for them to follow yeah. you so the listeners can reach, reach you and, and look at your great content. Yeah, absolutely, man. You can follow me on Instagram. My handle, I messed it up before I got on here. My girlfriend was quizzing me and I, I messed it up. So now I'll, I'll get it right. It's Adam period miles period Hawkins. And that's Miles with a Y, so M-Y-L-E-S. Give me a follow. I'll follow you back. Feel free to hit me up. My man, thank you for joining us. We're very excited to have you join us. So, um, obviously, having Adam on the podcast, we want to talk about the Chicago Bears. But before that happened, there was some breaking news today. Adam Schefter reported that the Broncos are acquiring Sean Payton from the Saints. And in order to do so, uh, the Broncos are trading this year's uh, 2023 first-round pick, which is it's not clarified in the reports, but I believe this is the 2023 first-round pick that they got from the uh, Bradley Chubb deal from the Miami Dolphins because the Seahawks own their uh, owe the pick to the own the Broncos first-round pick from the Russell Wilson trade, as well as another second-round pick uh, to the 2023 second-round pick for Sean Payton and a Saints third-round pick in 2024. 
Just to recap, just to show you how much the Broncos have invested in the Russell Wilson and Sean Payton duo, in total, the Broncos have traded three first-round picks, three second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, uh, tight end uh, Noah Fant, okay, quarterback Drew Locke, and defensive lineman Shelby Harris, all for those two uh, the Russell Wilson and Sean Payton combo. That's aside from all the money that's invested into this pair, which Russell Wilson is making a quarter of a billion dollars, and it hasn't been come out yet, but God knows how much Sean Payton is going to be making as the NFL coach. So obviously a lot is invested in this. Adam, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts, reaction to the news? Okay, so that's a, this is awesome because I didn't – I was working. I saw the alert, sent it to a friend. I didn't look into how much they gave up for Sean. But you knew that they had to give something up because of the whole situation with the Saints. What's, what's wild is when I saw the news that, that Vic Fangio was going to the Dolphins, that immediately made me think, okay, Sean Payton's not taking a coaching job this year because I heard those two were going to go to the next place together. But then I was thinking about this morning before this news broke, well, maybe Fangio is either going to end up on the Dolphins or maybe the Niners because Peyton is going to the Broncos, and Fangio said, yeah, I'm not going there with you. You know what I mean? Be kind of awkward. So this morning when I was working out with Luke at the gym, we were talking about it, and I thought, maybe he really is going to the to Denver. I don't understand why, though, because they have – we just highlighted it. There's no draft capital. You have a quarterback that no one – I mean, realistically, what's what's the upside there? You're paying him a ton, right? And we know that teams haven't really won a lot of Super Bowls with that much of their salary cap geared towards a quarterback. I don't like the fit, but here's the thing. If there's one guy, if you're already super invested in Russell Wilson, right, and we're worried that you need to get as much out of him as possible, if there's one guy that can get the most out of him, who is it? It's Sean Payton. He did it with Drew Brees, shorter quarterback. So I don't love it for Sean Payton. I'm sure that man got paid. But, hey, he wants to coach. He said ownership was the key. Maybe he met with the Waltons, right, and he loved them. And here we are. See how it goes. Jose, Sean Payton was wearing a orange tie on Sunday when he appeared on TV on NFL at Fox. I don't think that's a coincidence. What are your thoughts on Sean Payton wearing the orange with the Denver Broncos? Uh, honestly, I, I I don't know about the fan. I'm honestly kind of surprised. Like I like Adam said, I actually thought Fangio and Sean Payton were going to be paired together somewhere. But honestly, it. I think I like I like the fit short QB same thing with Drew Brees kind of the same thing. Uh, Russell Wilson when Nathaniel Hackett got fired, you can see the improvement in the offense, a little more ball movement and stuff. I see the upside, but they invested a lot, and if Sean Payne came out of TV for a coaching job, Lord knows how much he got paid. Yeah, this seems to me like. <laughs> The guy who's at the poker table who's doubling down on a bad hand. Like, I mean, exactly. it, it is a disaster waiting to happen. Now, at, at the same time, you, you invested so much in Russell Wilson that you have to give him everything in the world to succeed. So getting Sean Payton, giving him the best chance to succeed, I understand the move. But if mortgaging your future is a scary thing. And if I was a Denver Bronco fan, I would be very worried. He, here's my thing. Here's my question to you: Are the are the Denver Broncos owners so rich that they're willing to? They have technically, if you look at the contract, from what I know, 
three years at minimum, you have to keep Russ or you're going to eat a lot, man, maybe they'll just say we'll give him one or two more and we'll just eat it and we'll just start over with Sean with someone else because because if he's not it, I mean, you can't be stuck with that big of a salary cap towards a quarterback that's not producing. So maybe they're just like, hey, we're going to get our guy, our coach, and then we're just going to maybe cut bait with, with, uh, with Russ at some point. So who knows, but we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So now transitioning from the news to our first topic, the Chicago Bears. And it's over. Pinkman, the intended receiver, and Lovey Smith's Texans win it. And the Chicago Bears have just, as improbable as it may have been at the beginning of the day, the Bears have just clinched the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. So, Adam, as you know, the Houston Texans, Lovey Smith, God bless him, won the last game of the season, fourth and 20, somehow, and gets it. And not only does he get it, he gets a two-point conversion to win the game, blessing the Chicago Bears with the number one overall pick. And there's been much debate on what the Bears should do with that number one overall pick. I'm going to play a clip from Mike Tannenbaum from ESPN, who was a formal, former uh, NFL executive for the Miami Dolphins, on what he thinks the Chicago Bears should do with the number one overall pick. What I would do is I would trade Justin Fields for a one and a three to at least a dozen teams, Seattle, New Orleans, Carolina, New York Jets. There's a lot of different teams that need a quarterback. And then what I would do is I would draft Bryce Young, and here's why. I would then reset the quarterback clock on a rookie contract, and let's look at Jacksonville. They have Trevor Lawrence. They go out and get Evan Ingram. They go get Brandon Scherf, Olokan, Christian Kirk, and now they're in the playoffs. So if I could go get four starters in free agency, a one and a three, and get a player, in my opinion, in Bryce Young, who's a better quarterback than Justin Fields, and I could get six additional players, I'm making that move. All right, Adam. So hearing what Mike Tannenbaum's thoughts on what the Bears should do, I'm going to go ahead and give you the pretend Bears GM cap and ask you, you're in charge, what are you doing with that number one overall pick? And what are you doing with Justin Fields? Okay, first of all, did Mike Tannenbaum ever draft a really great quarterback? I don't remember. So I'm not going to take his advice, and that's just my opinion, right? So we'll just start there. I'm not taking advice from that guy. But some people will, and that's fine. Uh, not me. So so looking at the situation, this is where I, I, I don't understand where people like him are saying, I like Justin Fields, let's go with Bryce Young, let's reset the clock. Right, that that was his big point. Let's reset the clock, put someone on a rookie contract again. It helps the Bears out. The Bears have cap space now, and and if you have Fields, uh, if Fields plays great next season, right, you pick up his fifth year option. He's going into year three. You pick up his fifth year option, so you don't have to pay him years. You know, this year, year four, five. Big money doesn't kick in until year six, so they still have a solid clock. That, that's the first thing. But let's talk about well, what, what would I do if I was a GM? I would be letting everyone know that we're in the Bryce Young camp because I want to drive the price up. I'm going to trade. I'm going to trade that this first overall pick to the team that has to qualify. They have to make two. There's two standards here. The team that gives me the most draft capital or players too, because I, I'm, I'm, I would take a, I would take a player, receiver, offensive lineman. 
the most capital to build my team around and the team that I believe gives me the best chance to be at the highest spot on the board next year. Because hear me out. You 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 surround the roster for Justin Fields to see if he's he can be the guy next year, right? But you get the roster to a really great point this offseason and free agency, right? Com- comboed with the draft. And then, best case scenario for Justin Fields, he goes out, performs really well, and you say, hey, sweet, we'll pick up his fifth-year option. We'll still have those years on the clock that we just talked about and keep building with the picks that you got for Bryce Young, right? Middle of the pack, if, if what this situation, the other hypothetical, Fields plays okay, he has enough trade value, so next year at the end of the season you trade Fields, but you have that pick from the team that didn't do well, you're now in the, you're now in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And I like Caleb Williams more than I like Bryce Young. And then you really reset the clock. But when you go get Caleb Williams or whatever best quarterback's available, because next year... Uh, reportedly is a better QB draft, right? Now this quarterback comes into a better roster because you've already built it from last year and this year, and you get to reset the clock completely with with a guy that's going to, if it was Caleb Williams, for example, that's physically ready to go into Chicago and play. So worst case scenario in this situation, after trading down this this in this draft, Fields is horrible. No one wants to trade for him. You can cut bait, and you're still in the, you're still in the sweepstakes. If you just trade specifically for this year you get a one and a three that's all you get now Bryce Young comes into this team right in next year you're not going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes sweepstakes because who who does that who drafts a quarterback this year and then next year you're probably not going to be able to do that right so I I would do that but what would you do I love it I love it a couple things um well first thing I'm going to throw it to Hoosie and then I want to recap the Bears situation but I want to get your take Hoosie as an Eagles fan who you know, currently has a MVP frontrunner in Jalen Hurts. Looking at the Chicago Bears quarterback situation, having the number one overall pick, having Justin Fields, what are your thoughts on what the Bears should do? All right. Uh, well, they're in a great position, obviously. They, like, basically, they control free agency. Um, as a, like, as an Eagles fan, seeing what they did with Hurts and stuff, like, obviously, Hurts last year, he wasn't, like, wow, wowing or anything. But you gave him, you gave him players – and he improved. But in this scenario, I would say, obviously, as the Bears GM, I would say we're in the Bryce Young sweepstakes. Fields is being called. Like, he's getting some calls for him, stuff like that. Because you want to drive up to price. Uh, for me, Ryan Poles, I would get as many draft picks as I can. Because, as he said before, he wants to build through the draft. Uh, I understand that. If you hit on a couple picks, as the Bears have eight picks this, this year, they can hit on three. That would be amazing for the squad. But... In my opinion, I would keep Fields. I would give him weapons. I would give him an O line. I give him a star O lineman uh, like Orlando Brown or the the O lineman from the 49ers, Mike McGlinchey. He's also an upcoming free agent. That's some good people to look at. Obviously, the number one thing that Fields needs is a true number one wideout. That's that's the main focus. I understand O line is important, but he can scramble. But he needs a number one target that he can go to when when he's in trouble. So. Mike Thomas right now, he's not a free agent, but come come March, I like that as an option. And another thing, the, ru- the rush defense. He needs a, uh, they need a better rush defense, but that's another thing. Sorry about that. Uh, back to you, Sal. So a couple things. Uh, just to recap the Bears situation. So the Bears have over $98 million in cap space. By far the most cap space in the NFL. 
The number two uh, team with the most cap space is the Atlanta Falcons at $56 million. So the Bears have over $40 million more in cap space than any other team in the NFL. As far as the picks, the Bears have they they have a second-round pick. They don't have their second-round pick because they traded it in the Chase Claypool deal, which is the only thing I actually don't like that um, Ryan Poles has done as GM. I've, I've loved everything else he's done. He's tearing it down to the ground. He's gotten picks, uh, and he's cleared up the cap space. Right, so if I'm the Bears, there's two things. Number one is, before I begin, this is arguably, and I'm going to sound dramatic, or it'll be a hot take. I think this is arguably the biggest offseason in Chicago Bears history, right? I agree. I agree. You have the number one overall pick. You have close to $100 million in cap space. We saw what happened in 2017 when you took Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes, who Patrick Mahomes' father came out and said that he thought that Patrick Mahomes was going to be a Chicago Bear. And it sets your franchise back at least five years, if not a decade. The Bears, if they get this right, they can be a playoff contender next year. If they get it wrong, they could be in the dumpster for another decade. So I like a couple points. Number one is I agree with you have to drive the price up. If the Bears, if people know the Bears aren't going to draft a quarterback, guess what? They have no incentive to uh, trade for that uh, number one overall pick. Okay. Number two is, as I said, this is the biggest offseason. You have to look at every scenario. Would I trade Justin Fields? No. But if somebody comes in with a absolute ridiculous offer for Justin Fields, it's malpractice if you don't even listen to the offer. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm open to anything as long as, um, you know, it's it's a good offer and it will make the Chicago Bears better. Not that I'm down on Justin Fields. I actually like Justin Fields. I think he can be a top-ten quarterback. Like, you know, we saw Justin, Jalen Hurts. He, get, he got A.J. Brown. He got a solid O line, and look what happened. You know, he's an MVP candidate, and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So that's where I'm at with uh, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Um, I want to play this report uh, by Warren Sapp, who is suggesting that the Bears are. He's hearing out of the Chicago Bears camp that they're going to trade Justin Fields. Because what I'm hearing out of Chicago is they're finna package him up, trade him for some other pieces, and then go with the Bryce kid from Alabama. Wow, I did not know that. That's a good. That's a good little insight right there. You, oh, you know, I'm I'm in Florida and I hear this and you haven't. They haven't really told us anything. Trust me, there's a bunch of there's a, there's, there's smoke everywhere talking about them trading Justin Fields and going after Bryce. So Adam, hearing that report and what we just said, as far as at least putting it out there that the uh, Chicago Bears are, you have to put out there that they're going to trade Justin Fields to drive up the price. Do you think this report is real or do you think this is kind of smoke just to drive up the price? And we'll touch on this when we get into the Aaron Rodgers news as well. You might hear me repeat this. Stop. It's not what you hear in the news, right? The question is, why are you hearing it and who wanted you to hear it? That's the big question. I love it because I want to, I want to hear this. And I love that I know, I, I believe the Bears are really selling that, that, you know, leak and that they really like Bryce Young. I expect him to be at all of his, his pro days and everything. And every situation, every, every opportunity they get to talk to someone, they should say that, you know, Fields is our guy, but we really like Bryce Young. So 
my reaction is it sounds like Ryan Poles. We're going to find out a lot about Ryan Poles because you just said earlier you love everything he's done. I actually would argue with you that he hasn't done anything. All he's done is tear it down. He hasn't gained my trust, right? He, he hasn't. But we're going to see if he has a great poker face because it sounds like he's already leading that way. What he did at the press conference to end the season, when they asked him about the quarterback situation, he said, yeah, we like Justin and we like Justin. He said specifically, he, he looked at you know whoever the reporter was and said, I'd have to be blown away, right? But if then you tell those other GMs, I'm blown away by, by Bryce Young, he left that door just a little bit open. And I think it, I think it's going to pay dividends in these in these uh, these negotiations driving up that price. So that's what I think. I think I think what Warren Sapp uh, is hearing is is exactly what what the Bears want people to hear. Jose, do you think Warren Sapp is capping? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. He brought Ryan Post probably paid him to cap, but let's be honest. But I, it's good that's as a Bears fan, you probably you're scared. I don't know. A Bears fan like he might take this like news one way or the other. Obviously, from our perspective, we're looking at it's good driving up the price, but other Bears fans will look at it like, are we 50-50? Are we in or are we out with Justin Fields? But honestly, I just think this is just smoke, and it's just making GMs just like think twice or think three times before calling the Bears about the first overall pick. All right. So great thought. So so when, so let's just talk about Justin Fields real quick too because this is what really bothers me as the president of the Bears fan club uh, is that people people around the league Saab said the Bears have ninety eight million dollars in cap space but go look at the Bears Bears roster this year there were like a few players making money the Bears had literally no talent on their team okay Justin Fields is throwing to Pettis St Brown Byron Pringle wasn't wasn't healthy most of the year they then they brought in Chase Claypool which he was obviously trying to get up to speed. He even got hurt. I love Darnell Mooney. Don't get me started, but we can all agree he's not a true number one. Offensive line's bad. But I want to ask you guys a few questions. Okay. And let's see if you guys can get them right. So I believe that the two comps for Justin Fields, Josh Allen, right? I think Cold City, big physical player, big arm, very athletic, defensive head coach, okay? And then we can also say Jalen Hurts. But let's just start with Josh Allen. Josh Allen's second year in the league, he didn't have Stephon Diggs in 2019. I want to I see what you guys think about this or what your answers are. How many games do you think Josh Allen had year two where he had a QBR above 70? How many do you think he had, Sam? I'm going to go with like seven, under okay. half. Seven? What about you? What about you, Jose? What you got? How many games? Six. How many games do you think Justin Fields had this year, year two, which was really year one with this coaching staff, that were above 70 QBR? What do you think? I, I don't think much, to be honest with you. He didn't have a great time passing the ball. I, I, I would go more with, let's say, I would say, let's go half. Let's go eight. So so you had you had seven for seven for uh, Allen and eight for Fields. Okay, gotcha. So you think he had more, you think he did better then? I think so, yeah. Okay. Who's he? What you got? I, I got uh, I got Fields at seven, I think. I watched a lot of Bears games this year. But and he's, he's clued in. Okay. So, jo- Josh Allen, second year in the league, he had four games. Four wow. games with a QBR above wow. seven. Only had four games above a 70, right? And we all know 50 is like average. You're going to plus 70. That's a pretty good game. Fields had five. However, I think actually I wrote down six. 
but I think he had five. One of the games that he had that was not a 70, which I don't know how, I don't know who was grading this game, their TV must be broke, was the New England Patriots game because he was the best player on the field that night. So he actually, if you look at it, and there there was an eight game stretch this season where Justin Fields, and I can name the games, I have them written down, he had a QBR of in those eight games of 66.8 over an eight-game stretch. And he had no one to throw to, a horrible offensive line, and let's not forget, he has a very bad defense, right? Like, they couldn't stop anyone once they got they got rid of their best players. So if he would have finished the season with a 66.8, he would have ranked third in the NFL ahead of Jalen Hurts. That was an eight-game stretch wow. in year two. That's pretty great. But these people, there's a narrative that Justin Fields cannot throw the ball. And uh, I just think it's 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 out. It's just it's a lot of people that really don't watch games, right? They look at yeah. the stats, but if you look at if you look at stats, you're you're going to be misled. I love QBR; it's a great metric. It it, it shows what happens when it happens. It takes everything into account. So it, those are numbers that it's pretty exciting if you think about that. In year two, with I think less help in Chicago, he he outperformed Josh Allen. And I mean, I am not 100% sold on Fields. So let's get that out there. But I feel good about not draft not trading him away and seeing what he has with a team around him but having that escape route to say hey if he's not the guy at the end of the year we want to be in position because Caleb Williams sweepstakes is is I'm not saying it's Andrew Luck but it's, it's as good as anyone that we've seen coming up and you don't want to be you don't want to be attached to Bryce Young who's 190 pounds right next year and you're sitting there watching the Houston Texans or someone else go get Caleb Williams and you're like man we're stuck so Great points. No, I I agree, especially in a city that's been starving for a great quarterback play. And the fact that you may already have it on your roster and you're going to trade it away, tough to convince Bears fans that's a good idea. I mean, if you watched, if you watched, I think the game, there's a few games that stuck out, stuck out to me. But the game that I, I really thought, holy crap, was the Miami Dolphins game. The Dolphins made the playoffs this year and the Dolphins were up 21 10 right before halftime, it was, it was at the two-minute warning. The Bears are in the, in the red zone, and I think we all as Bear fans know, how many times in our life have we been in the red zone in a game where you need a touchdown and we get a field goal? <laughs> you yeah. guys know, right? All we've, all, we've all all the time. That. <laughs> and, then, and then we look at our defense trout on the field, we're like, can you guys get us a touchdown? <laughs> so, so it's 21-10, right? And, you're, and you're, you're driving down the field. They have a high, high-powered offense. They've got Hill. Waddle on the other side. They're up 21-10. They also get the ball after half. Third and eight. You need a touchdown. Uh, coming out of two-minute warning, fields, it's man-to-man. Safety in the middle of the field. Ball comes out in 2.5 seconds. It's a nice um, from the slot. Mooney, go route. Ball's on the perfect location. Touchdown. Process the information quick. Had the protection. Steps up. Makes a perfect throw. Right? Another throw in that game. He rolls out and hits Komet earlier in that game. He, what he did with the ball, I'm sure you guys remember, he hides the ball from the defender. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. and he, even, he even looks with his with, – he turns his helmet. It's subtleties like that, right, that, that get me really excited, right? And there's other things too, but, you know, the improvements, I think, he's got to throw better for, uh, without the laces on these bubble screens because we left a lot of – there was a lot of low-hanging fruit, I thought, in the offense. And, and I, I need to see Field start checking the ball down next year in rhythm. He needs to watch. He needs to get on some some Herbert tape and some Joe Burrow tape and understand how to set the guys up on the check down, so he doesn't have to take as many hits. So, yeah, love it. Love some, it. Some, more, some more Justin Fields stuff for you. <laughs> I love it. I just don't. I don't understand. Like, 
why would the Bears redo and not and draft an unproven QB and just have a proven one just there in your locker room? Just done it against great defenses. Put up 29 points against a great elite Cowboys defense. Obviously, they got bl- blown out, but to the third quarter, it was kind of a close game, honestly. And he put up great numbers. And against, as you've seen against the Patriots, a great defense in Foxborough. Has a game has a great game, so I just don't see the narrative of Bryce Young and restarting. I just feel like it's going to be a and he's and he's like undersized too, so I don't want to deal with that. Another another game that I thought was amazing this year that is too bad he got graded as a ninety a ninety two was the second highest QBR game was at home against the Packers this year. He played phenomenal, right? He made the huge throw to um, uh, number eight down the sideline from the Patriots. We brought him over. I think it was Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. Harry. He made a great throw. The throw, actually, which I know someone's going to listen to this, they're going to think, man, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. But one of my favorite throws of the game for his development was the interception that he threw. Because, guys, if that's a number one, if that's D-Hop, if that's Chase, um, if that's uh, Jamar Chase, if that's if that's really, if that's St. Brown from, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, he threw a ball with uh, Alexander, just a hook route. He threw with anticipation, threw the ball. You got to come back to the ball. You got you got to know who's who's lining up across from you, right? That's a number. That's a that's a real number one corner in the NFL, and you got to go help your quarterback. He's, he's trusting you, and he still was graded at QBR of plus ninety because I'm sure when they graded that throw, they said, "Hey, it was all it was out on time. Good throw. Receiver doesn't come back." But the average fan says, "Oh, he threw a pick when they were trying to come down to you know take the game over." And those are things I this season was not about winning or losing. It was. Does this guy have the stuff, right? And I think another game that he proved that he had the stuff was against the Commanders. Yes, they had seven points. It was ugly. There was plenty of things we could talk about. But at the end of the game, Justin Fields willed his team down, and he threw two balls on the money, on the money in the end zone. Mooney didn't didn't bring it in. That's the number one. I think we all agree. They probably make that catch. And then the, the throw before that was to, I think, Pettis. I mean, he just put it on his hand, so – there were a lot of things I was really excited about with Justin Fields. And so to start over, if this was Caleb Williams this year, we'd have a totally dif- different discussion. Cause then I would be like, maybe we have to, you know, trade, trade fields, but not, not this year. I love it guys. I love it from one quarterback in the NFC North to another. We move on to the arch rival of the Chicago bears, the green Bay Packers. The Detroit lions will finish with a winning record. Jared Goff has led this team to a comeback win on the road, and the Green Bay Packers are eliminated. So the Green Bay Packers, on a Sunday night game in Week 18, winning in, and they're in the playoffs against the Detroit Lions, lose 20-16. to The Packers go 8-9. and nine. Uh, Once again, Aaron Rodgers' name is being brought up in Trade rumors for the third straight offseason. I will go ahead and play the Adam Schefter report from ESPN. And there are people who believe the Packers are open to trading him, and there are people who believe that Aaron Rodgers would like to finish his career somewhere else. We haven't heard either side address that specifically. It's just out there, as it was a couple of off-seasons ago with Aaron Rodgers. And until we hear otherwise, that will continue to remain a possibility for a variety of reasons driven by the numbers involved, the salary cap situation, his contract, the state of the franchise, his own feelings. But the idea that Aaron Rodgers could be traded this offseason is a very real possibility, Hannah. So, guys, 
Uh, once again, surprise, surprise, we're back here again with the Green Bay Packers and the drama queen, Aaron Rodgers. Um, just to want to recap the Packers situation. So the Packers are really kind of in salary cap hell. They're 17 million above the cap. Okay. Um, they do have all their picks, which is good, but for the third straight year, you know, we're hearing Aaron Rodgers' names being brought up in trade rumors. And I know we had a conversation off the air, Adam, as far as an analogy you had on Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and the Packers. And I would like for you to share that with the viewers. You bet, you bet. I was telling I was telling Katie about it before. And so okay, another situation where you hear the rumor being leaked, and we all know the Packers leaked this, right? And again, it's not about what you hear, it's why you're hearing it and who wants you to hear it. The Packers want you to hear this, of course. Now, you ever have a friend, and who is he too? You ever have a friend come over, and they like hang out for whether it's the weekend or just stay the night, and then the next day they're kind of hanging out a little too long, and you're like, man, it's time for them to go, right? But like, you don't want to just walk in and be like, yo, dude, it's time for you to go. <laughs> so what do you do? You go in and you know what you do? You suddenly, they'll be like, everything good, man? And you're like, hey, like, man, my mom's just in a bad mood today, you know? Like, And you're hoping they get the point that it's like, hey, why don't you wrap it up and get out of here? Have you, you guys ever experienced that before? You ever done that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, oh, definitely. I think the Packers and, and Rodgers have been together for a long time. And I think the Packers are just ready to, to you know, move on. And so this is their way of softening the the market, letting everyone know that he's going to be available to be traded, but also all of us to know, don't be shocked in after the Super Bowl when Aaron Rodgers either announces he's retiring because they're done or they, they trade him away, right? So that, that's kind of my, my initial reaction to it. I listened today. He was on the, um, he was on the podcast with uh, Pat McAfee. He still hasn't talked to the Packers. He still hasn't made up a decision on what he's going to do, and I think that's where it all starts. But if I'm the Packers, you you gotta you gotta cut bait, in my opinion. And so, imagine being uh, Matt Lafleur, man. Every week you go up to the podium, and they're always asking, "Did you hear what Roger said on the Pat McAfee show? Is Roger showing up in the off season?" And and it's gotta be, I mean, tough to deal with that, right? There's no owner. This is the thing that hurts the Packers. They don't have an owner. There's no one in the building richer than Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so no one can go up to him and be like, "Hey, man, you're gonna." You know, there's no Jerry Jones in the building. There's no one to, you know, show who's who's in charge, okay? So, I think it's time to get rid of him. He's not mobile anymore. He's not moving the sticks with his feet. He was very dangerous. We all know as Bears fans, we'd have him. Everyone locked up. He scrambles for seven yards on third and eight, or third and six, and picks up the first down. His numbers are, are, are pretty poor this year. Couldn't, couldn't you guys agree? Maybe, uh, I'm curious, I want to kick it back to you guys. If you go look at his numbers this year, I'm pretty sure a third-year Jordan Love could have given us that production, and he wouldn't cost $50 million. So if I'm the Packers, they have not benefited from this clock of having a young quarterback, and they have to make a decision on Jordan Love, and they can't do that if Aaron Rodgers comes back. So I think it's time for him to – I think it's time for him to understand that it's time to it's time to get his stuff and, and take take off for the, for the rest of the day. So, Jose, just wanted to read Aaron Rodgers' stats for you. Um, he threw for close to 3,700 passing yards, 26 TDs, 12 interceptions, um, a completion percentage of 64. You know, pretty pretty average for a, or to below average for Aaron Rodgers' year. My question to you, Jose, 
first off, nobody knows what's going inside Aaron Rodgers' head. Nobody knows. But if you were Aaron Rodgers' best friend, if you were sitting right next to Aaron Rodgers and he would listen to you, where would you tell him to go or what would you tell him to do? Um, honestly, if I was his best friend, I would tell him, please leave. Like the Packers, it just became a toxic relationship. It's not, it's not like it used to be. It used to be toxic, but they would come and like, they'll actually still make the playoffs. They'll still make a run. But this year you can just see it like with Aaron Rodgers on the, on the media every Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show has caused a lot of problems within the organ. I think the Packers organization, like Adam said, there is no big guy, big dude to just say Aaron Rodgers. Like, stick to your position, but ain't nobody there. So, honestly, if I would tell him, I would just go to the best scenario possible. I don't know where, but, like, obviously, the Niners don't have any cap space for him. Obviously not. But the Jets, maybe. The Jets, they have cap space. They have a decent O-line. They got some receivers, a great defense, and a great coach. But, uh, honestly, I would just tell him part ways with the Packers. Either retire or find a find a place where you fit in and it's a great a great scenario to win its championship and and sob i mean can we all agree that that three years ago he had he was at home in the nfc title game nfc title game he threw four i got stats here he was 33 of 48 346 yards three touchdowns one pick and he had a qbr of 60 right so that's not that bad in the playoff game it's tough defense against the bucks but you're at home you're the favorite. You're the number one seed. You lose. That's not good. Three years ago. Okay, so there's, we'll start there. Then two years ago, they lose in the divisional round. They're the one seed. The fifth seed's in your building. You score 10 points, right? And you are 20 for 29, 225 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, a QBR of 22.6. Now we're going here. So, all right. And this year on your home field, the last game of the season against the Lions. Remember? That team, that shouldn't happen against that team, right? He said it. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, and remember, all season, everyone's doubting him, and he he took it. And then as soon as they got on that win streak, he's on the McAfee show, and he's sitting there. He said, yeah, I told everyone, you know, we could do this going into the game. Then against the Lions, it's the, it's the money game. Now we're, we're bringing the bar down lower. It's the last game of the season against a team that's playing for nothing, right? He goes 17 for 27. 205 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He should have thrown three interceptions. We all watched the game, I hope, and uh, and know there was two other picks on the, on the field that didn't happen. One was a penalty, I think one was dropped. But his last throw was an interception. I mean, it's just getting worse and worse. It's to the point where why not go with Jordan Love because you're paying him nothing. You can't tell me he couldn't have given you the production that you got this year from the quarterback position. And at least, at least he's mobile because – what you're noticing with a lot of these QBs, and I don't know how X's and O's you guys are with football, but you're seeing a lot of two men under, two high safeties these days because no one wants to give up the big play. And if you don't have a quarterback that can scramble and pick up yards, it's it's really difficult. So the Matt, the, that's why you're seeing. Look at look at the guys that are struggling. Matt Ryan, not mobile. Brady's having a hard time. Rodgers, these older quarterbacks. Because when you play, face a two-man under defense, the corners and the linebackers, they turn their back to the quarterback. They're tra- in a trail position, right? So no one accounts for the quarterback. That's why these guys like Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, these guys are very dangerous because you ha- you can't play two-man high on them. They'll, they'll take off, right? So why not put Jordan Love in there, have some youth in the in the backfield, in, you know, behind center, have the opportunity to have more mobility, not pay him, and not pay him as much and not have to worry about him on the Pat McAfee show, you know. 
cause problems. You know, for me, I, I think if, if, it's, if you're the Packers, at this point, just with all the drama and just how terrible this last season went, I'm at the point where I'm even willing to give a discount on compensation. Yeah. Like, I'm willing to just, you know, if, if it's a second and a third instead of two first, at this point, like, you know, just just cut bait. You're 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 you you've seen this show so many times. You you know, you have run it has run its course especially, with Aaron Rodgers. Especially if the trade partner is willing to take on that salary. I'll I'll give exactly. a third. If they'll take the salary, I'll pack his bags for him. <laughs> exactly. I mean they're in salary cap hell. They're seventeen million over the cap and they have that's not including the free agents they got with Alan Azard, Robert Tanyan. I mean they, they really gotta make I mean this is the year if you're the Packers and you got you got to look at the division and you're looking at the division with exception of the Vikings. Look how young the lions are, the bears. I mean, it can't get much worse. They're going to be better. They're going to have a given quarterback. We just had a long talk about them, right? The Vikings, they have a solid team. They still have Kirk cousins. I mean, maybe not in the playoffs. There's, you know, you may not take them seriously if they make it to the playoffs, but you know, in, in the regular season, there's no joke. So, I, I mean, it's the perfect time for the Packers to cut bait, see what you got with Jordan love and, Try to rebuild. I agree. And and there's going to be people listening to this that think these are a bunch of Bears fans, that haters, especially me. I have been known, one of my best friends always says, I drive the Aaron Rodgers hate bus, and I don't. I think very highly of Aaron Rodgers, okay? But let me, let's be real. Who gets a ton of criticism in the NBA because he's a great player that didn't show up big? James Harden, all the time, right? It's, well, he puts up these numbers in the regular season, but not in the postseason, okay? And I just believe that if Aaron Rodgers walks around and, and people say he's a all-time great, then we should grade him on the all-time great scale. And he, in big games in the last ten years, he has not shown up in those big games. And that's just—that's not my opinion. That's not how I feel. That's the facts. Okay. And if I'm the Packers, it just feels like this is the off-season where that power shift is—the power has always been in Aaron's hand the past two years, or a few years, or maybe more than that. And now it just—you can feel like it's the power's really in the Packers. The organization. So, yeah, exciting to see. Plus, man, let's get rid of this Agreed. guy. I'm tired of seeing the discount double checks. I don't know about you guys. Go somewhere else. Go to the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Please go to the Jets. Just go anywhere else or retire. But you know what? Go make some movies. With our luck, Jordan Love is going to be awesome. Watch. That's our luck. It'll, just be, <laughs> it'll, just, it'll be crazy. Gosh. Gotta love it. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Real Talk with Sab and Hussey. Unfortunately, the last 10 minutes of this podcast got cut out, particularly Adam's part. Um, so unfortunately, that had to be cut short, but uh, great podcast. Appreciate Adam coming on. Um, stay tuned for more episodes. Uh, catch us on Spotify. Catch us on iHeart Radio Podcast. We'll be breaking down the Super Bowl pretty soon. We'll have some more special guests on. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the show, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.